We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We go with where we, we split the pot like a hundred ways, a thousand ways, but he, he got him one last night for the big cheese where he shipped it all by himself. So I'm going to bring in big T. And we're gonna ask, I want to ask him some questions about it because I guess what we do here, man, we're trying to put together showdown lineups to win. First thing I know to speak to you about your lineup, you are different by one spot. That's all it takes. Just be different by one spot where the train behind you had Enos Cantor. You left money on the table, went Mo Harkless. You won by like a half a point. And, you know, you separate – not only did you separate yourself from the rest of the field, you got more points out of Arkless, but it separated you from everybody else who had cancer. So, talk to me about your big win there, man. Yeah, it was fun to, to finally get a win. I know we – I shipped DraftKings last night too, but it was the normal chop. It was like 7,200 or something, 30-way chop or something. So, but, yeah, I mean, the main thing I did, though, was – to get different was fade CJ and Dame. Like I just like golden state a ton, kind of like we talked about on the show, like Portland just doesn't match up good. They're going to have a hard time the whole series. Portland's best guys are guards. Golden state's best guys are guards, but the rest, just like we talked about the rest of golden state's just way better. I mean, Draymond's way better. Iggy's way better. They just don't have much. They're playing canner. Their game plan was disgraceful. And that was how it was different, though. Everyone, almost everyone is going to play Dame or CJ just because it's natural the way they build rosters. Like Curry, and then you plug in one. Kind of like we talked about it on the show even, where you play one of those two guys. It's just a natural build. But when you really like Golden State and you take the the game theory into it, like we talk about during football, all of a sudden I realized I wanted Golden State to blow them out. If they blow them out, maybe those guys have a bad game, which they did. So I go Curry. So I played 100 teams just to put it all on the table. I started to like it more and more as the day went. I'm usually more of a 20-entry type guy in the really small stuff like the showdowns. But I put 100 in just because I really liked it. And I started setting my numbers to where in the top three spots was only going to be Golden State guys. It was going to be Stafford Draymond in the, in the MVP, Stafford Draymond or Clay in the second spot, and then Clay or Draymond in the third spot. So all my teams were going to have Golden State in those. So that was a major CJ CJ Dame fade. That's way different than everyone originally. And then I really liked Hood. Hood got announced in 15 minutes before the game. We kind of talked about him being out on our show, but we didn't know we were doing it early. He gets announced in, and I just know he's going to be low-owned and he's going to play. And on top of it, he's men price, stone men on, on Fandle at 6K. So I set him at like 70% ownership. So all of a sudden I got three Golden State guys who are all the stars, the three best guys. If Golden State blows them out, I got the three best guys in the three most important spots. I follow it up with a guy from Portland that's a cheap guy that played really well in the last series that's going to be low owned. He comes in at 12% owned, which is just, just criminal how low owned he was. And then I play 100 teams and kind of mix and match all the combinations with other cheap guys, and it just so happened that Harkless was on the winning one. Obviously, it wasn't my optimal team. I wouldn't have played Harkless in that spot if I was playing one team. But by doing the rest of it, it got me to Harkless, though. Like, if I play Dame in one of the spots, I probably don't fall on the same team. So more than just playing – and on top of it, Harkless was like 12%. So my two guys besides the Golden State guys are only 12%. 
and I play three three Golden State up top, it's basically impossible to duplicate that, even in a massive field. So I think you just got to do stuff like that, take a stand like we always talk about. Obviously, when you're entering a $9 or $10 tournament, you're not expecting to solo ship it, but it felt good after all this work we've done. I mean, we've done how many shows now? We've done at least 100 shows, probably football, basketball. I'm sure we've done a baseball. We did college football. We do the showdowns. We're locking in on these things, and it felt good to finally get a solo shipper for 100 k off 10 bucks. Yeah, feels good. So let's, let's get to tonight now. going on Rotor Grinders Dean here that's Dean 7 out of 4 if you want to get all technical on me it's 5 o'clock on the east coast 2 o'clock on the west coast 4 o'clock Tennessee time of course it's time for the flagship show here at Rotor Grinders it's called Grinders Live it's sponsored by Fantasy Draft and joining me today it's one Bobby Fi, a very uh, casual laid back looking Bobby Fi. a well tanned is tanned we're looking forward to uh, you're out in the sun today let's say that how about that I've been out of the sun a lot lately, but that, I'm, that's not why I'm wearing my uh, no real shirt. It's uh, my aircon just went out right before this. It's like 90 degrees. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm in like a little sweat box. My neighbor's getting his lawn mowed, so I can't have my windows open because I got the show. It's a uh, it's it's a sweat fest in here. No hat. Tried to wear as little clothing as possible, but uh, this is what I'm going with. Well, we don't want to know. <laughs> Keep your camera right where it is, Bobby. <laughs> this is not a premium show. <laughs> Uh, and both of us have had neighbor issues in the last week or so. Hopefully, uh, your neighbor will, will, will stop at the lawn cutting and hopefully mine will uh, be okay with me talking at a, I, I'm trying to lower, it's weird now, now like consciously the other day I had a neighbor like bang on my wall when I was doing a show it was earlier in the morning. It was like 1030 or so, uh, you know, local time, which isn't that egregiously early. It's, I don't know if that's bang worthy. If you're listening, bang twice. Um, yeah. So, um, Hopefully that now like I'm like subconsciously I'm talking lower when I'm like not in the office. Can you notice this or is this, just, this is probably like a normal level for other people? I think you're definitely quieter to me. <laughs> I'm gonna start whispering into the, the mic like it's NPR or something like that. But there, I'm calling golf. But uh, yeah, Bobby, how uh, how are things in your world? It's a, we have a seven gamer. We'll talk about it in just a second. But uh, let's take a second to say uh, you know we haven't talked in a while. How are things and by the way, the NBA Finals start tonight, and I'm sure you have a hot take for that. You know, I don't have a crazy hot take yet. Um, I, I'm into it. I'm going to watch it, but I'm not like – I'm not like – I obviously don't want to see Golden State win. I'm um, oh, sorry, to answer your first question, things are pretty good. Um, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you. It's been a bad DFS week, if I'm being honest. But, you know, uh, you get to shake it off, and then you can start all – you know, start anew. It's like an extra sketch for a new day, and uh, we're going to make it happen tonight. I feel pretty good about this slate. Yeah, I've had one. I had a good night uh, last night, um, and uh, that was my only good night of the week. So I'm ready to get back to it. And we've obviously got a lot of questions on this slate, so I'm a little bit trying to figure out where to go. Um, fortunately, it's a small slate, and there's not like a million different things. It's just going to be interesting to know where people pivot if these games, in fact, don't play. Yeah, which leads into the, the Kevin Roth, of course, chief meteorologist here at RotorGrounders.com. Uh, seven gamer tonight. There's two gamers that look to be dicey to some degree or various degrees. We're not meteorologists. We don't play one on TV, so uh, we yield to Roth. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and link his weather report. Now, this is from the morning, so obviously things will change. But as of this morning, you know, he had uh, Boston and New York at Orange. Orange is scary. Orange is definitely not something that uh, I want to see, especially when I'm considering a pitcher, which we'll talk about soon enough. Uh, You want to stay tuned for crunch time for that. He'll be on there with, uh, I believe it's Tuttle uh, at 6.15 on the East Coast. For premium members, thank you guys all at the lock, answer as many questions as they can fit in. And, of course, we're off to be giving periodic uh, weather updates on the fly. Uh, also, 
orange, yellow in Pittsburgh for what it's worth too. Uh, everything else seems, yeah, just start, as far as this is, again, this morning, this will probably be updated at some point. If it is, we'll be on top of it and fire it back out there for you guys. I dropped it in the Rotor Grinders chat. If you guys are watching it on the old YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Jump on over here to rotorgrinders.com. And if you guys are asking questions on YouTube, our fabulous multitasking producer, the D-Train, he will copy those questions and throw them over here at rotorgrinders.com in our chat. And we'll knock out the, we'll save some time for some questions for sure in this show. And uh, did you not give a take as far as basketball? Did I cut you off? What happened? Oh, I, did, I didn't get into it. I, I, I think that the Warriors are going to win the series in six um, or, or six or seven. Anywhere from five to seven would would wouldn't surprise. Actually, anywhere from four to seven would surprise me. I do think the Warriors. <laughs> um, it's got to be four to seven games. I, I think it's the weirdest like narrative ever. Being like, what if they sweep them without Durant? Like, this is the weirdest situation. It'll just this guy cares about that stuff more than anybody. This is like it's just a really weird situation. Maybe the best player in the NBA, and without him, they're actually potentially better. At least in a, in a temporary short time span although they're 30 what are they 30 32 and one now without him since he's been in golden state um that's pretty crazy and a lot of those are play or a number of them are playoff games anyway now anyway I, way, I, if the chat is correct i'm seeing most people say in the chat apparently the yankee game has been called let's go ahead and confirm that if we can okay but uh, that's a big deal obviously i want to talk basketball too but that obviously matters a ton for this slate because it's not a full gamer and we're looking at seven we could be down to six as of right now uh all right, so uh, Devin is telling my ear. Apparently, it's postponed via the RG alerts. There you go. So that's uh, that's going to shift a lot of stuff tonight, Bobby. Because I, I'm you know Chris Sale. You know, obviously, it's not the greatest match of the world. They're going to the Yankee Stadium, pitching on the Yankees. It's not the regular Yankees, but still some of the Yankees, and it's not a great ballpark to pitch in. But if you cross them out, we're going to get some really, really heavily concentrated pitching tonight, uh, Bobby. Because we already liked. Carrasco and those were like saying, "Well, I'm going to fade Carrasco." And I guess obviously we'll talk about Andre Rio in a second as well too. But uh, Carrasco is just going to be crazy popular now, right? As if he wasn't already. Yeah, um, it's it's it's. I mean, I liked him the better anyway, personally. So I was going to play him against this White Sox team. I, I, he's always he, there's always a little volatility with Carrasco, but I love this guy. But the problem is when he gets to be this kind of chalky, it seems like it makes a little bit of sense to jump off. He is my guy, my other guy, but I don't know that he's as good a play without sale in the mix because all of a sudden now his ownership is going to inflate to the point where a fade might be in order, but, you know, maybe play Morton instead. But I, I still think he's, as of right now, he's my number one guy. If you're playing cash, he'd be my guy I would use. I just, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it, I do think there's some risk to it. I actually think you could make an argument. <laughs> I don't know. Morton's matchup is tough too. Like it's, it's a little bit tricky. I do like Morton a little bit at home though, too. Yes, I think that that is the pivots. We'll talk about Morton. We'll talk about Minor. We'll talk about Martin Perez. And another one of these pitchers that's taken the evolution from guy we used to pick on, the guy you can now roster, right? Uh, good for him. Uh, yeah, Carrasco is, you know, he's cheaper than Hunjim Rio. He's cheaper than Minor. He's cheaper than Morton. Uh, we can argue that he's been unlucky this year. The numbers in the surface aren't particularly good. Uh, you know, they're not as good as you expect from at least a guy like that. But you know, we're talking about a guy with a 340 BABIP. Uh, the, the ERA is 460, so he's been unlucky there. He's been unlucky as far as home run to fly balls, 20.3% uh, as far as that ratio. And a home run, home runs per nine, uh, that kind of speaks to it, is at two. That's Why is this guy calling me, by the way? Sorry, just in the middle is, of this. Is it Grant? Yeah, what is he doing? He called me, too. I was going to show you, but like I was going to show his number, and then I realized, you know what? I should punish him and show the people his number. To, to That's why him. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, people. Go ahead and pause the video and zoom in. And you get Grant's number. But like, Grant would love it. He'll talk to them all night. <laughs> is Grant's name on your phone just Grant? Or what is it? Does he have like a nickname or something like so, that? Or? My phone did this weird thing where it started like merging numbers. So one of my students actually had like the – like somehow when, it, when he still calls me, no matter what I reprogram, it comes up as Grant. So I had to change Grant to Gene Efer, which is what I had when I first met him uh, many, many, many years ago. So I'm just – it's back to the original. Mine says Grant, like, and in parentheses, it says friend, question mark. <laughs> That's what mine says. Just, Me oh. and Grant are, are always going to be friends. We, ha we, ha we may have our little, our little, oh, my God. Now, now, look, now look who's calling me. Grant, you know what you're doing. You know what you're getting yourself into by doing this. I'm putting it on there. I'm putting it on there. Who is that? 
the Kirk D's. Oh boy. <laughs> Everybody wants to get the phone call. You want to get the, the phone calls? I put my phone call, my phone number on Twitter for like two minutes once and I got like a thousand calls the next week. <laughs> Why did you put your number on Twitter? Because <laughs> I was I was awake in the middle of the night on jet lagged in the in Europe and I wanted to talk NBA finals and I was really bored. That's amazing. <laughs> totally true. <laughs> back back to Carrasco. Uh, he's been unlucky, right? You know, the, the home run to fly ball rate over 20% this season, that's too high. Uh, a home runs per nine, what that kind of speaks to it, obviously, at 1.99 per nine, that's too high. Uh, the ERA, obviously, is 4.6. Uh, 3.27 as far as the Sierra, 4.73 as far as the XFIP, for what it's worth. But, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I read the, that was Jay Happ's XFIP. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 3.33 XFIP, but he's facing a White Sox team that does have some power. So maybe those home runs continue. It's hard to predict that they're going to hit zero, one, or two, or three. Uh, hopefully it's zero or one. Uh, and of course there are some K's in that lineup as well too. And again, we're getting a bit of a discount, uh, in cash games, you got to play Carrasco, especially on two pitcher sites. Uh, let, let's have a conversation as far as fading him in tournaments. The conversation always is not, okay. If you say you're going to fade him based upon ownership reasons, yada, 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 maybe he'll be unlucky as far as someone to fly ball. You have to be able to answer the second question, Bobby. The second question is now who do we play? Yeah. So I mean, I, I still think that Carrasco is going to end up being my SP1 because I really, I just feel a little bit better about him. I will end up playing, you know, some lineups with Morton as my SP1, but I think it's, and, and some with Ryu. Not crazy about this umpire for you. I really, he's had some good umpire breaks lately. He's also, but he, I do think he's one, like, this is not a joke with what's happening with him. Like everybody around the Dodgers for years has felt that he has this talent to potentially be the best pitcher in baseball. And I'm not saying he is. I just think that in spurts, you can see stuff like this, and he looks almost unhittable. Um, I, I like Ryu, too. So for me, I'm, probably, I'm still playing more Carrasco. The problem is, like, I like, I'd like Ryu and Morton better if they were going to be lower-owned. And, again, it's the, it's the sale thing. If sale was in, it would be a different story. But um, the guy who I've got the most exposure to, and, again, we might find out soon that this is game is not going to happen. But uh, shocker here. He's going to end up being owned. But I'm going to keep playing Joe Musgrove. He's just not a 6K pitcher. I don't care if he is, if his strikeout rate is elite at 6K. I don't care how tough the matchup is, although they get a huge stadium downgrade. And by the way, Milwaukee is not all that on the road. Like their home ballpark, this team plays more to their home ballpark than anyone. Look at Yelich's numbers at home versus the road this year. It's a totally different team. Um, anyway, but the other guy, it's, it's Musgrove and, and Kikuchi on the low end. Um, I don't think I'm going to mess around with Miner. I though I though I don't like mind him or want to pick on him. I don't think I'm going to mess around with Perez because I do still like that Tampa Bay offense in general. But I think that they're interesting options for other people, and I certainly wouldn't talk you off of them because this is a this sort of mucks things up for me because I like all my guys were going to be lower owned, and now they're you know just the mega chalk. So I'm still probably playing mostly Carrasco Musgrove lineups, but I'm going to be mixing in these other guys. Yeah, so let's kind of hit, hit him like one by one individually. You mentioned Hunter Rio. He's obviously the most expensive pitcher, but he's been awesome. He's been fully justified. And as you said, you're not saying he's necessarily the best pitcher in baseball, but he's been pitching like it. His numbers are absolutely top two, top three, top four, however you want to say it. It's not worth the conversation or the argument, but he's he's absolutely on the family feud board. Uh, he's striking out, you know, 25.6%, which is not an elite number. That's really good. But as far as the walks, that is an elite number. That's absolutely absurd. He's walking a dude basically once every uh, 18 innings. His walks per nine is 0.55. Uh, you know, the, his BABF, of course, he's been lucky there, 259. That's a, a, you know, a fairly lucky batting average on balls in play. The not, not all by coincidence, though. He's a guy who's who's met, who's always going to be an elite at pitching to weak contact. Well, right. how about the left on base percentage? The strand rate at 92.1%. That's what lucky. Been a, always been a better pitcher out of the stretch his entire career. They actually considered making him do it and making him a reliever at one point. Just just saying. I'm not saying that these are not totally true. You're making good points. They're, yeah. They're, does There's he always pitch out of the stretch, or he doesn't? You know, that, 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 he doesn't. They, 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 were, they considered it years ago because he his mechanics, they were, felt, were, were so much better out of the stretch than they were out, out of the windup because he would get lost in his windup. Um, it's just, I mean, it was a thing from years ago. I'm just saying he's always pitched very, very well at the, out of the stretch. He's always had an elite left-on-base percentage. Yeah, I mean, and this is this all adds up to a one six five ERA. And again, it's like the Sierra is still 3-2-3, which is excellent. Uh, the XFIP is, is 2A2, which is excellent, obviously. And he's getting a fair bit of ground balls, too, at 45.9%. Uh, nice ballpark as well, too. And he, he seems like a really, really solid play. And there's always some concern to some degree as far as Roberts being his manager. But when he's cracked 100 pitches, I think, what, three times in his last six starts or so? So they'll let him go. And the other ones are in the 90s, at least, one at 88. Uh, and he went seven innings, at least. So uh, He's super efficient. 
Yeah. So, well, he's efficient, but he's not walking anybody. Always doing. But also, yeah. I think he was pinch hit for in two of those games where he had was in the nineties and eighties earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. This is not a game I expect him uh, a pinch hitter to be needed. <laughs> um, they might be a pinch hitter because they are up by ten runs and they just don't even don't want to let him go anymore. You know what I mean? You're but, saying you don't like Jason Vargas? Is that what I'm hearing? I'm saying I'm not a fan of Jason Vargas tonight against the Dodgers. Although you know what's going to happen? He's going to end up like slate breaking and striking out like. The, Sure, the only guy in baseball the Dodgers don't hit is Jason Vargas. Yeah. <laughs> Something weird like that is going to happen because it always does, but I'm not predicting. I'm not going to base things on just stupid, you know, non-predictions. I mean, there's no logic behind it. It just seems to happen. So you mentioned Charlie Morton. I really like Charlie Morton. I just don't want to pick on this Minnesota team. Uh, they're just good. I understand that they're going to have a ballpark downgrade here in Tampa. Uh, Charlie Morton, you know, last two seasons, 29.3% as far as the K rate, but 33, 34 years old last year, the best year of his life this year is continuing that the best two years of his life at 34, 35, whatever it may be uh, late bloomer, uh, however you want to phrase it. Uh, lefties, he's striking out at 36.1%. And there's a fair bit of lefties here in this lineup too, for what it's worth. You got Kepler, you got, you know, Gonzalez, you got Rosario. Uh, it, look, there's like six or so of them count this correctly. That's a big number as far as the K percentage. Uh, and a great ballpark as well, too. You know, they, they strike out collectively at 19.9%. You do have Castro and Bucks at the bottom of the lineup, striking out at 31 and 24% respectively. And there is no uh, no La Tortuga, which is nice to see. We got that in there, by the way. Prisha, that's for you, D-Train. Uh, yeah, he's not in the lineup, which is nice to see. But that guy just doesn't strike out, obviously. Uh, Morton's got to be in the conversation for the pivots, but you know, more so for tournaments, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I like him a lot for tournaments. I don't think he's that... Like I, this is a, this is not a bad spot for him. Like I understand, I, this is a terrifying offense. This is the offense I obviously play the most. And it's by the way, it's been that way for years for some reason. I don't know why, but I maybe they were underpriced before. But if I look at all who I always play, I play the Twins more than anybody. Um, pretty much all most of my big wins seem to be, or a lot of them seem to be Twins related offense wise. But I'm just gonna. I, there's still enough K's in this lineup here, and Charlie Morton is good. The stadium is great. Like you have one of the better pitching spots, you know, that he could have. Uh, it's worth taking a shot on him. It's, it may come down to it, though. Do we even want to, like, I don't know. Maybe I've been trying not to pay up for pitcher all year. I talked about that um, on every show I've been on lately. I was trying to write – Yes, I was saying about Snell or Snell yesterday. I don't remember which one I was, I was saying on the last time. Oh, yeah, on the, uh, on the morning grind. But I, I just don't want to pay up for pitching. But this is not a slate where, like, there's two guys you can pay down for and you could build a lineup that way. It's kind of interesting. But I do think that you're going to need to pay up for one of these guys. So Morton's just one of them. And I don't really want to make like a too crazy of a case for him. I think that there's enough upside. It makes sense, but I don't feel great about any of these guys outside Carrasco. And even that, I always feel like there's some volatility, but I do like him the most. Yeah. Play Morton with a couple, maybe a white soccer too. And, uh, you know, you give yourself a great leverage stack right there because, you know, uh, I'm sure a ton of people are going to have Carrasco and it's absolutely Morton going to outscore Carrasco. That would be no surprise at all. And wouldn't be surprising if Carrasco gave him a couple homers. You know, there's definitely some power lurking in that side. Uh, of course, Minnesota has more power than anybody in the league so far this year. The league in home runs, uh, 106 at this point. I believe there's six up on the Mariners as of right now. So, um, you know, plenty of pop. If you fire up the, you know, the plate IQ here, uh, you see all the ISO, all the isolated power just pops here for the Minnesota side outside of basically Adrianza and Gonzalez and Buxton somewhere in the middle. But otherwise, it's all green, which is somewhat scary to some extent. But again, protected by that ballpark as well to some degree, too. Uh, minor is he somebody in the conversation here against Kansas City? He certainly should be, by the way. Like, this is if he ends up being like crazy or lower. And the problem is with this is like, again, he runs into this every start, though. This is a really good hitting environment. Like, obviously, it's not quite the normal. Like, you, first of all, it's not as humid as it normally is in Texas. You do have the winds blowing out and it's 86, so it's still a good hitting, good hitting weather. I know it's not quite like the ultimate elite, it always makes me nervous. But the truth is that Miner's been doing this for a while now. and I believe it's somewhat real. I don't love the price tag. I think that at the ownership, though, it's certainly worth, like, if you're playing, and I'm not today, I'm only playing three big lineups. Um, if you're playing a ton of lineups, I think that you're playing minor and, you know, maybe you're deaning him or double deaning him. You're probably double deaning him, actually, maybe even more. <laughs> um, double deaning him at 20% for those of you just tuning in for the first time, which is no one. Um, but yeah, I think you. I think you play like twenty. Not one new guy. It's it, say present yourself if this is your first time watching us. There you go. Let, let the people know. Tell Bobby he's wrong. We've added one person today. Wait, what? You, you said you said if you're watching us for the first time, which is no one. There's probably one person out there watching. Oh, I'm sure. No, I'm sure. I just meant. Okay, I guess I meant in our chat. I guess I was. Oh. <laughs> 
It so feels you know, very family you know, oriented. It feels like we have a very close, cool group. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so Miner obviously is somebody that's worth considering in the conversation as far as tournaments. Martin Perez as well on the other side in that Tampa game for sure is in play. Uh, we talked pre-show briefly about Kikuchi and like who wants to pick on the Angels, but I mean, if Trout's not playing and there's a, there's a chance he doesn't play tonight, we don't do one up just yet. Uh, maybe he's interesting. Maybe he's the pivot away from Musgrove if there's some weather issues there. And, you know, Musgrove is a guy who does a good many home runs, especially he's protected by that ballpark there in Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. You know, a bunch of boppers, obviously, it's a mega downgrade for them. I mean, there's not much else to like here. We don't like Vargas. Uh, Jay Happ cross him off the list. Uh, Felix Pena against Seattle. You really can't talk me into that one. Uh, Junis against Texas. Like, no, that's a no-go for me. No fly zone. What else do we have? Because there's only 12, there's only 12 guys throwing baseballs today now with the cancellation of the Yankees. Yeah, there aren't as many. And when you get back to it, like, I just want to read you Carrasco's numbers against the lineup he should face today. <laughs> and there is enough sample size. Like, I don't care who you are. Like, you give me 150 plus, plus at bats, I'm actually interested. He has 48 at bats against Abreu alone. Like, these guys play in this inter, in the same division. He's, they faced each other a million times. I usually hate that for pitchers on, on big slates. It's not a big slate. He's not expensive, too expensive. He has a 36% K rate. They're hitting 198 off of him. Um, that's enough for me. With only six walks and almost 200 at-bats, um, it'll be about – actually, if you take in who's actually going to play, it's like four walks in – Oh my God, they're hitting like 180. Yeah, I mean, he, this is just like a dominant spot for Carrasco. I think you just start with him. You can play him with some of these other guys because there is some value as hitters. We'll get, we'll get into that later. But I do think that he's just the obvious top play. I'm having a really hard time thinking about fading him. I'd rather play him with these guys than have them against him. couple things, Bobby, uh, in chat. D-Train, our producer, is all over it. Uh, we got from YouTube chat. Uh, we have a first-time viewer from YouTube. YouTube. There you go. Jim, Jim DeWall, welcome. Uh, first time watching Bobby. See, he just served you. How about that? What did he say? <laughs> we have a first time viewer uh, on the YouTube. Oh, nice. Love it. Jim welcome, is it? All right. Welcome, Jim. We, we Welcome. The second thing is Mike Trout's in the lineup. Just the, they were talking about Trout being in the lineup. I fired up the, the Rotor Runners lineup page, hit the old refresh button, and there he is. He's batting second. Uh, bad lineup, by the way. Really, you know, some. Yeah, we say that, and then they end up scoring 20 runs every night. <laughs> That happened the other night with Minnesota. They put their, like, D lineup out. They literally, like, you didn't even know who these guys were, and they scored, like, 17 runs. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota's is, – is Minnesota for real, or is this, like, yes. small sample stuff? It's not that small of a sample. They had the most runs ever through 50 games. Like, that's a real thing. And they're not, like, as good as the Hedders Park as it may have become recently. It's not that good. And they're winning games. They, I mean, they were on the way up. To me, I, I had them winning the division this year. And he, or, no, sorry, I had them second in the division, but I thought I'd be close with them in Cleveland. Um. But I, but I, I, this is not a surprise that they're. It's a surprise that they're doing it this much, but it's not a surprise that they're good. Are you getting cold again, or what's going on? Is that the lawn guy? I hear some noises. Or is that just? Is that on my end? That's on your end, bud. <laughs> I don't know what I have open. I might have some weird pages up, but I have no idea what's going on. But uh, uh, any other pictures that are worth a head nod, they're worth an acknowledgement, like Anderson. We kind of mentioned Musgrove in passing, like. This is the guy we who we're talking about pitchers. We've talked about like 74 pitchers, and there's only like a few guys who are worth considering. <laughs> we want to sum, should, we, should we sum it up? Is that what we should do? Yeah, yeah. Some, give me the summary. Give, give me three or four strong sentences. How are you approaching pitching tonight? I think you're playing a combination. Carrasco is the number one. I'm even going to be ahead of the field, even though he's going to be on. Well, I'm going to be ahead of 50%. Let's just say that. Um, I'm going to play a, a lot of Ryu, uh, or sorry, about, about 20% Ryu, about 20% Morton. And then I want a ton of Musgrove and Kiku a little bit of Kikuchi uh, with, I guess, minor mixed in to like one or two. So mostly, though, it's you're prioritizing Carrasco. Musgrove depends on weather. Um, if not, that's really a huge thing. We, we have to come back to this like because I don't know what to do with that game without him pitching. He's, he's in most of my lineups. He's in 80 percent of my lineups right now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, as far as you know, the weather there in Pittsburgh, we got to yield the Rolf and see what he has to say, of course. Ross job a little bit easier today and our job a little, a little tougher as far as building lineups and trying to be a little bit different because now we're down to just six games. Hopefully that Pittsburgh game does play, but you want to see what Roth has to say uh, on crunch time. Hopefully he will uh, update his article at some point throughout the show as well, too. As far as the sticks, Bobby, before we go around the horn, talk about maybe one or two, maybe three uh, of the bats that you're uh, your core place today. Who are you building around? There's uh, a couple guys. Uh, Jose Ramirez, this is a joke. Obviously, he's going to be popular, but there's a lot of good third basemen in general. Um, I'm going to take a quick look just to see what we have him for ownership. Just to, I'm not going to give it away, but I'm, I'm kind of curious because he is by far the best play. Like, I mean, I would think that he's like the auto play of the slate. 
Um, yeah, he is. <laughs> we have him as such. And he's just at 3.9, far and away too valuable for this. The funniest part is even as he struggles, he still gets you there with stolen. He'll steal against lefties. He'll run against anybody. This is the best guy for fantasy that you ever wanted. He's made me so much money. I love him to death. He is way too cheap. He's the top overall cash game and tournament. I don't care. I'm going to play him in a lot of tournaments too because I have a lot of uh, interest in Cleveland. I don't mind stacking the bottom of their order either. Um, so I, I sort of like him with the bottom of a Cleveland stack, maybe wrap around with, with Lindor, uh, skip one of the guys in, in the but middle. Bobby, though, when you, if you play him, you can't play the leprechaun, Justin Turner, boy. And that, that, that's one of the big decisions of the slate, especially for cash games, as far as I can tell, uh, is Ramirez versus Turner. Is that not a conversation for you? I like them both, too. So for me, when it becomes a conversation and they're both in, in basically similar kind of spots, it's always going to be Jose Ramirez. I love Justin Turner. Justin Turner is not a top 25 hitter in baseball. Neither is Chris Bryant, but Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez is a legit top 25 player in baseball. And we just can't forgotten it because he has a slow start to a season. That's ridiculous. So, somebody's going to you know, copy and paste Jose Ramirez's numbers versus Bryant's numbers this year on Twitter right now. If they do it, versus, if they do it this year, that's a hilarious, like <laughs> absolutely hilarious. So Derek Dietrich is the best player of all time along with Derek Dietrich and Cody Bellinger are the best two players of all time. And you think Bellinger's, Bellinger might be. He just, Bellinger actually may end up being the best player of all time. <laughs> like well, I'm, jo I'm joking. It's joking. But he has the talent to be as good as anyone. Like, he, he can reach the ceiling the guys are at right now. He's doing it. I know you also like the Mariners to some degree, or at least on your focus, you wanted to talk about uh, one Daniel Vogelbach. Uh, uh, he's a certified member of Team Girth. You might even be the CEO of Team Girth. But I will yield to you. You go ahead and tell me why Daniel Vogelbach's a solid play today. Oh, don't you love first base where you can get these guys at no ownership? This guy is hitting. He's as good a hitter against right-handed pitching as anybody on the slate except for Bellinger. Let's go get for, for tournament, for, for power. Let's go with Vogelbach. Why are we not just loading up on this guy? He, he is the top play at first base, in my opinion. The second we had, we had a change of uh, pitcher over there in, uh, in Anaheim, I was like, I'm all over this. It's going to be a righty followed by another righty that are both yeah. bad. They both give up bombs. And you have a guy who's going to be basically unowned for no reason. It is one of the best tournament plays in the slate, if not the best. I love it. I love Ogobach all the time, but I love him when he's going to be low-owned. And he's going to be low-owned tonight. Do you like him more than Encarnacion, or do you think it's because of the ownership? That's why you prefer him over Encarnacion. And, of course, there's other guys we'll talk about, but specific to Seattle. Uh, so I love Encarnacion. He's my, my guy from forever. But I, I do think at this point of their the careers, like – Vogelbach's on that trajectory up and you're seeing insane power that Encarnacion who still has a ton of it just doesn't have what Vogelbach has anymore now it could be either of them I don't mind if you want to play Encarnacion I just think Vogelbach is the much 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 better play I mean you got a guy who just is look at these numbers versus right-handed pitching it's absurd yeah and his power is absolutely ridiculous I mean of course you only get one homer when you bang it out to he almost ended in the park the other day I don't know if you saw that one in it went over the foul pole. Like they couldn't even tell. Really hit it too. Like it was not like his biggest swing. That was like a little, it was like a, almost like a Bonds type swing, that little half swing that just goes a mile. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to go around the horn in a second. After that, of course, we're going to do our premium peak. Maybe what we'll do is uh, I'd imagine that Jamino uh, and the ownership projecting team is going to be all over what's going down in New York and Boston. They're probably in scramble mode. I want to see how that affects things. So we'll pull it up on the screen share and see uh, how, how the numbers are affected. Hopefully they'll I have the good. Nomar Mazzara too, by the way. I should have mentioned him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this slate is about it's about Texas, it's about Cleveland, it's about the Dodgers. That's the chalk, right? As far as the hitters, yeah, Mazar Mazar is the chalk. That's the problem. Um, so that's the you know we're we're asked to send in our players today. Mazara, Ramirez, Vogelbach are three of my top hitters in the day. If you ask me to pick each guy's data home runs at each tier, these would be my guys probably. Although there's one other high price guy that I'm gonna mention later, but I I just Joey think Gallo. No, it's not Joey Gallo. Actually, it would, it, would have, it would have been J.D. Martinez earlier in the day, but it's not him either, obviously. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Gallo did crack that lineup for what it's worth. By the way, no, it's, it's, it's Cody Bellinger. You just play Cody Bellinger. That was the chalk. I should have known it was Bellinger, of course. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, no, but he's not. But, but I mean, is he going to be? He's not going to be more on than these guys are. Probably not. I mean, he's expensive, he's gonna, and some people still see lefty and lefty and just run away. But like, you can't just. Yeah, you can't always do that. <laughs> I'll take it versus a lefty against versus anyone else against a righty or opposite hand, whatever. What are we doing at catcher here, Bobby? Obviously, catcher stinks. Um, Gary Sanchez is somebody that was interesting for tournaments, I thought, to some degree against Sale if you want to spend up, but cross him off the list along with the rest of the Yankees. Um, yeah, so we, do we just want to get in and get out and make it as cheap and painless as possible? Is that the, is that the, uh, the approach here? 
Yeah, so basically we're, you know, the problem is everybody's going to play Darno. So I think if you pay down, so what's interesting is I've been watching Darno a lot because I've been playing the Rays. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I think he's taking like really, I love the swings he's taking. They're huge over the top cuts. He missed a home run twice by about, you know, seven or eight feet. But I, I feel better about like having a chance with him. But when he's going to be this high owned, just pivot over to Maldonado or any uh, a cheap other guy who's going to be one third the ownership if you're going to pay all the way down and pay the extra 400 just because just for tournament's sake. So Martinez Cash. is pretty good. Obviously, is it because he's batting fifth and he's 2.2K on DK? Obviously, in fans drafting all the roster catcher. But um, yeah, you also have, don't play. You have Jeff Mathis at two. I mean, he stinks. He's certifiably terrible, but he's going to be holding the piece of wood and taking his hacks, and you never know. You might run into one at 2.1K and Maldonado on the other side, positive ballpark again. You don't really want to pick on minor too much, but he's he's cheap as well, and he's on the road, so he's locked in for nine innings. Uh, I, amongst those three cheapies, uh, you think Darno is the clear favorite out of Math- Mathis, Maldonado, and Darno? Yeah, if you just told me, yeah, if you're playing cash, you just play Darno. It's by, it's not even close. Like he's batting fifth. He actually has. He's. He, you know what? None of these guys are good hitters. He is a thousand times the hitter either of these other guys are. He was once a really big prospect. We can say that about him. He had. He had big pedigree. He he was traded for um, uh, he was traded with Noah Syndergaard for one R.A. Dickey with Robert Allen was once considered well, he's coming off a Cy Young year basically. But by uh, the way, Matt, Mathis is going to eat up some of this ownership because I don't think we we projected Mathis earlier. Mm-hmm. So once we once we see what happens with Mathis, maybe it'll take if Darno's down in the twenty ish percent range. I still don't mind rolling with him in tournaments. I don't like him at 40 percent, which is definitely possible. Although with the Mathis in there in that in that Texas stack. I think you just, but I think you play Darno over Mathis. I think they're going to be, I think Darno will be more owned, but I don't think it'll be like, it probably will be about two to one. I think it's actually. Do you think Will Smith uh, starts again tonight? Probably not in a lefty lefty situation. Don't um, you get R Martin at the start? It would, it would, I would imagine. And, and I just want to point out with the Dodgers, there's all like, there's danger of everybody getting pinch hit for in all their games, including it won't be a pinch hit for the catcher. It'll be a double switch or something like that. That's what it was last night, I believe. Yeah, and that's that. That's going to happen a ton. Um, the, we have the biggest over manager in the history of baseball that destroyed, nearly destroyed Cody Bellinger last year. Decided to platoon a guy who had one of the great all-time rookie starts to his career of all time, like for no reason. Um, anyway, this this guy over manages like crazy, so you're going to see a lot of double switches and things like that. It makes me uncomfortable with some of the in-between Dodgers, but there's certain guys who, if you are in the starting lineups, I can tell you are pretty sure to stay in the game. I want to say that Ground Doll is an interesting spend up, like as far as actual skill, as far as actual talent. Like he's a switch hitter on the, on the plus side of his of his switch hitting ability. He's much better lefty against righties as opposed to hitting right-handed versus lefties. But Musgrove doesn't give up homers, and the Pittsburgh ballpark plays much better for righties as opposed to lefties. So, and also there's weather issues. I just I just can't do it, but I understand why you would, uh, because that's one way to get away from the chalk, I suppose, or get away from just all the garbage. And he's the guy that can actually. Uh, you know, put up a 25 spot and just basically break the slate. Omar Navarro's I don't hate versus Pena either. Let's move on. Let's talk about first base. You already I, I just want to mention real quick that I, I that I do think Castro is in play. I don't, uh, I don't mind him at all. He like the guy's thrown a ton of power and he's 3,400. That's not that much. That's not that much. Like if he was playing another position, even with the power that he's shown, even batting late, like I think that he would even have more ownership than he does. And it's weird because he's catching and people aren't going to play him. I, I think he's the guy you go to. We already touched on first base as far as how we like Vogelbach and Iconacion. Uh, who else is in play for you? I mean, Carlos Santana, obviously, versus Manny Benuelos is pretty interesting, too. Uh, just a little bit more for him. Don't mind to grab at. And obviously, in fan draft, you can grab multiple first basemen. That's why, you know, if you're playing over there in fan draft and we get the third base, try to play both Turner and uh, Ramirez. Kind of like that combination. And if you have all the money in the world, Bobby, uh, speaking of, like, the best hitters in the world, uh, Josh, Pe- Josh Bell, uh, he wants uh, Be- Bellinger to hold his beer, right? He's been amazing, too. Uh, how are you attacking first base? Don't get crazy with the Bell thing. He's having a great, <laughs> great, great season. Let's not let's not get the two of them. I love Josh Bell, but let's not get this confused. Like, I mean, look at their look at their season together. They're both amazing, but they're not that close. Um, I love Josh Bell, but I, I I'm not playing him. Um, I'm gonna the other guys I'm playing. I'm playing Ron, Ronald Guzman a ton. Uh, that's that's the that's I don't understand why his ownership would be as low as we have projected. And I'm not questioning Jamino. I'm more just saying that hey, maybe he's right. I think once the Boston game clears out, he ends up closer to ten percent. Um, but I think he's he's a the part of the Texas stack. He's batting at the bottom. He's got plenty of power. Um, he's as good a play as anybody else is basically. I mean, he's as good a play in a different spot than than Mazzara. The way Mazzara has been so far, although I do think Mazzara is due for an explosion. 
Um, I agree. Uh, but the reason basically is, like you said, Guzman's batting the bottom of the order, and people just don't like the roster guys batting eight. That's it. So instead yeah. of hitting his homer in the first, he's going to hit in the second or the third inning. Right. Yeah, but people – yeah, I mean – It doesn't anyway. matter to me. Um, so I'm playing tournaments here, and this is the American League too. It's not the National League where you're going to get pitched around in the eighth spot. So it's totally a different game. I, I, I love Guzman. Um, he's, protected, I, he's protected by Jeff Mathis. I but yeah, you're right, though. You're, that's, I, I, that, you're correct. I, I, I never like playing guys in the eight hole in the, in the National League. It's always, I mean, everyone, I think I did it last night with Franco, and it actually worked out, scoreboard. But uh, for the most part, uh, you know, it, it's something I try to avoid for the most part. He's uh, the guy you do it with in the National League. But, but, but just so you know, Santana is also a strong play. Like, it, the problem is the ownership's going to be so high on Cleveland that I want to prioritize the very specific bats that I want the most, which is Ramirez and Lindor. I don't think I really want and Lip, and Luplo, um, believe it or not, but I don't think that uh, I'm going to really prioritize too many, but too many other guys because I don't think at this ownership on this slate that it makes enough sense. It's kind of coldish. The wind's blowing in. I know they exploded, which is partly why the ownership's going to be as high as it is. I just think that I'm a big Cleveland guy. I think they probably do go go you know score some runs tonight. I just think that I'm not going to try and play on a what's now become a small slate, uh, a really chalky stack. So I just took a peek at the ownership projections. Uh, and, like, there's a lot of guys at first that we like. We like Inconacion. We like Bellinger. We like Santana, Vogelbach. Uh, you know, you can only roster so many. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be a big ownership thing here necessarily. I don't, I don't see anybody going above, like, 25%. From, from where? At first base. Oh, no, I agree. But that's what's crazy about to get a guy. If anybody's near 20%, you stay away from him on this slate. Like, they're all so – like why would I play Santana I prefer Vogelbach over Santana mm-hmm. he's going to have ownership that's all I need to know and that's the truth that's going to end up being that way probably no matter what even or at worst half the ownership he's the better play what do you have for me at second the old keystone position um for tournaments by the way I meant want to make that really clear I don't want it it's the walks play into you know cash games and stuff uh t- second base is interesting because you can spend down. Um, Chris Owings is 2.1K, which is <laughs> frankly crazy, like just really just crazy cheap. Um, what's weird is Maldonado, by the way, is betting. I didn't realize he was betting six tonight. That's hilarious. Um, wow, this lineup makes me kind of like minor and also kind of want to take some pieces because I didn't re- I didn't see the full lineup when we came on. Um, I think Owings that is the is the spend down if you do if you do need the savings if you want to go double ace you know pitcher. Uh, batting seventh against any lefty, I think that he's interesting enough at 2.1K. Uh, the obvious chalk play, who's also in, available in the outfield, is Kiki. Um, and then you, you're going to have a lot of people on Chris Taylor, which I'm going to stay away from. I don't know how long he's going to be in there, and he's just simply not that good of a player. He's, he doesn't belong on this Dodger team. I don't understand why he's being platooned, to be honest with you. Um, he's not good enough to, to play for these guys. Yeah, we don't uh, laugh just yet, but it, it seems logical that Taylor is probably going to draw the start, and a guy like Jock Peterson will relieve him, right? Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Um, and then I, but I think that the main, then I think the, the best play becomes Odor. Um, just down there at the bottom, like a, a three, I'm sorry, 3.9, which just feels too cheap for the power upside against Eunice. And I'm not going to be crazy ownership on him because of the, the Kiki love. So kind of like Odor here as a pivot off of Kike. I actually think I would prefer Odor as an individual playoff Kike if I wasn't stacking either team. Uh, Kipnis is a pretty reasonable price there, lefty and lefty versus Benuelos. He probably only faces him twice. Benuelos does not stick around very long anyway. That bullpen's pretty weak, and there's a decent chance. If things are going really well, that Kipnis grabs his fifth at bat as they're locked in the nine innings. Nicky Lopez leading off versus Minor, not exactly you know the optimal spot. But again, if things go fairly well for KC, he's got a decent shot of grabbing nine ABs. Did over Whit Merrifield, don't mind him. Uh, and I agree with Odor. Uh, you can play Odor and Kiki as well because you can throw Kiki in the outfit on DK, of course, on fast draft. You can play them both because positions don't really matter there. Uh, Enrique Hernandez, we presume, is going to lead off there versus Vargas. And uh, he's much less frequently this year has been pitched for for what it's worth. So a better chance he sticks around for all nine. Uh, anything else here that's worth saying at second, or so we jump over to third? With him also, it's like a weird spot. Like, I, he doesn't get pinched for that much anymore. Like, mm-hmm. he's playing a game, he's going to play it. He may not start every game. But he's, you know, he's a good he's a good hitter against righties as well. He's got power against righties, and he's the best defensive player of all the guys they could switch, and he can play the most positions. So he's the least likely. But I just wanted to, to point out real quick, I forgot to mention my main guy, which would be Muncie. Um, no ownership going to be on this guy today at this price. He's the guy I actually looked at my lineups. He's in the most of my lineups of any second baseman, just because he's going to be just completely unknown in this mar- matchup against Vargas, who probably doesn't last four innings. Hmm. And Muncie's not going to leave a game that he's hit a home run in. He's not going to get pinch hit for. 
He's it's it's, it's when he starts against a lefty, you're gonna play him. That's less likely for him to get pinched. Why you're starting him against the lefty, you're not going to play him. doesn't make any sense. What, you're going to pinch it for him later? No. You might do a defensive switch. That's completely possible. I'm not going to write that off the table. But that would probably be like eighth inning. Unless it was unless it was like 14 runs. And even then, Muncie might have a part of it. So he still might be in there. So Muncie at 4.7 is a great play. So third base, hot quarters, we kind of talked about so far. We love Jose Ramirez. We kind of talked about that already. Batting fifth versus Benuelos with that, that rough bullpen. Uh, Justin Turner, we presume, is going to bat second versus Vargas. Uh, I think those two guys are going to get pretty big doses of ownership. I'm not taking a peek at that just yet. Again, we'll take a peek at that in a second on the premium peak. But uh, give me the pivots off those two guys at third. Kyle Seager is the top tournament play at third base. There's not – there's 3.4K is too cheap. I love this matchup. He's going to have no ownership because of these other guys. I absolutely love him. They're going to put him at the top. He's going to have the big hit, the big boys behind him, uh, I believe. Uh, That's what they did last night anyway. Um, so I, am a huge fan of Seager tonight. I'm um, just seeing where the projected lineup actually has him because I have my own projected one that has him batting second. Yeah. They got him fifth. Either way. I'm just, lo- I, I love Seager tonight. Um, he's the, he's the, the cheap pivot. Who's going to, it was a good tournament play. Um, he's just coming back from his injury. So the, the really weird one that I feel uncomfortable even saying, cause I, how much I love Ryu is Todd Frazier. Um, I think it's worth playing in tournaments. If you want to go double ace, like maybe with, you know, Morton and Carrasco, I don't mind like throwing a Todd Frazier in there. There's, there's this power doesn't just completely disappear. You know, this guy can hit two home runs in any game he plays against anybody. Put a lefty out there against him and he's going to be completely unowned at 2.9 K on DraftKings, 5.6 on, on fantasy draft. Just play him. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was going to say Moncada, and I hate being PvP guy. I, I don't freak out over PvP. But 0 for 12 with 10, with 10 strikeouts, right? Yeah, it's just like I, I'm very big on controlling at bats, like who controls the bats. And like, if, again, if you're 0 for 12 when you're hitting and if you have an exit velocity of like 95 miles per hour, I'm in. I don't care. But I don't know. That, is that just a, that's just a tick concerning? A little bit. But I was as, as far as a leverage play, because we know, you know, we know yeah. Carrasco's going to be heavily owned. We know Ramirez is going to be heavily owned. And we know that uh, Turner, I think Turner's going to be the next guy as far as ownership. And, like, just nobody's going to play Moncada outside of, like, a Chicago stack or maybe. Yeah, uh, but no one, no one's going to play Yonder Alonso or Larry Garcia. And I think those are the better guys to pick. Or, or even Abreu. Um, I don't like Abreu either. But, like, but, but I, I would rather make that or make, make those guys my priority. Instead I just think it's a clean like, around. Uh, you have less guys to beat at third. At first, we like, I like more guys. There's less guys to beat at third base. That, that, that's my thought process. That's, 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 a, that's a fair point. But it's also, I mean, these guys at third are cheaper. And I don't know. I really like the top two guys at third. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit hard for me. And then I love Seager as a pivot. So I'm not really including him. He's not going to be in any of my lineups. But, I, you know, it always feels weird to say that because it's not like he can't, you know, have a huge game. I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play him. I was listening to the RG Premium podcast. If you guys are premium members, and Cheese was talking about how much he loves uh, Turner uh, and uh, you know Ramirez as well. And like, I, like I don't want to know what he's going to put out there as far as his lineups. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to have a hard, I'm going to have a hard time not playing one of those two. And yeah. that's kind of where I'm at too. And I might just force myself to play like one share of Moncada or something like that. Uh, shortstop, what do you got for me? Shortstop, uh, I think Willie Adamas uh, is the pay down is the easy is the easy spend down. Lindor is the top overall play. The number one tournament guy, far and away, Corey Seager. Not even close. Um, I don't care about the these Dodgers. I literally don't care about these lefty lefty lefties for two reasons. One, they all have power against lefties. Two, those lefties don't tend to stay in the game very long. Neither do the righties. Um, there's plenty of guys to attack in that bullpen that they beat up on last night already to come back and win that game. Uh, let's go with Corey Seager at no ownership. It makes no sense how the, everyone's going to love the Dodgers. Kiki is going to be like 35% owned or something or 40% owned. And Seager is going to be like, five i and think it's gonna be a thousand times the hitter i think lindor is the most popular well, yeah i think lindor is lindor, the most popular lindor by, lindor by far is the most popular he's the number one play on the by far like i said number one play lindor number one spend down is adamas the number one tournament play is bigger yeah uh yeah if, if, I, if i can't get the lindor i'm okay punting with adamas like you said uh don't, don't necessarily love the matchup but he's you know in a good spot as far as the lineup and he's cheap and hopefully the other shortstops don't crush i suppose is that basically where you're at as far as shortstop? You're, you're keeping it pretty concise? Yeah, I don't mind if you want to play Tim Beckham if you're stuck in Seattle, but that's pretty much it for me. Um, Kevin Newman, depending on the game, that game, uh, really cheap over on FanDuel 2, I believe, leading off. Uh, depends on whether that game goes, obviously, but he's a guy also on my list, but I don't think I'm going to play too much of him. 
Yeah, I mean, I like Adelbert Demondesi. Uh, Elvis seems a little bit pricey, but, you know, and then if he bangs one out or just puts one of the gap, a couple guys on, all of a sudden you have some of the rats in Texas, I believe is the highest total on the slate as far as the team total of 5.6, give or take. Have not hit the fresh refresh button just yet. Uh, let's see, the Dodgers at 5.5 and the Indians are at just around five. So, yeah, I think those are the three five, uh, three highest totals. Adelbert Demondesi can do it by himself. You know, he can uh, bang one out, he can swipe some bags. Uh, so he's always a, an interesting tournament play for sure. So of course you have to pay for it. You don't necessarily love that matchup versus minor. Uh, let's jump to the outfield where there's a lot of options. Uh, whittle down for us. Yeah, the number one play on the entire slate is Cody Bellinger. Uh, I don't think I don't care what format you're talking about. Uh, I don't. I just don't care anymore. <laughs> if you're going to pay up for anybody and you're thinking about anybody else, you're wrong. The guy. It, there's not, not, not. I want to point out. Not, it's not just the hitting. Let's just say that Josh Bell and him were in discussion, okay? He has seven stolen bases. Josh Bell has zero, obviously, and is not a threat to steal. That's a seven stolen base. That 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 makes you a threat to steal. That that's officially qualifies. He's in the top thirty in stolen bases, I guess. Um, he also, on top of it, will walk. He'll walk plenty of times, which will give him a chance to steal bases. He'll he also has twice as many extra base hits as Josh Bell. Extra base hits that aren't home runs that Josh Bell doesn't. Um, it's just he's the top play on the slate. Lefty lefty means absolutely nothing again. These Dodgers are going to murder tonight. It doesn't matter if it doesn't happen until the fifth inning. They're still going to do it. And also, he can absolutely destroy lefties. Uh, so he's my top overall play in the outfield. I understand that it's he's not – partly it is tournament-related because he's not going to be owned. He's not a guy who I'm saying you have to play in cash, but I do think he's the guy I would spend up on. Mazar is the, the, the top cash get, uh, guy for me. I think at 4.4K, he makes the most sense. Joey Gallo is the guy who everyone's going to go to. I don't think you would – I think it's really stupid to play him in cash, guys like that who strike out as much as he does. I would much rather play a guy like Bellinger who basically never strikes out anymore. Um, I don't think I can get the either in cash for what it's worth. I don't think so, but I have not built the lineup since the sale thing. So, but they're well, both for me, for, Yeah, for me, I would be playing – I mean, cash is a little different. But I mean, you were talking – a second ago you were talking about – you know, I don't know, somebody at five point, I can't think of, oh, Mondesi. And I'm like, if you're gonna play Mondesi, like, oh, that's not a cash game play. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Uh, I don't mind Shohei Otani um, at 3.8. I think that I don't care about the lefty lefty splits. I'm curious what our ownership's gonna update. I probably should. Make. Well, it's gonna be at zero because he's not playing tonight. Oh, well, I didn't realize that. Though. I didn't realize that. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. Um, no, I meant, I meant with the Boston guys were still throwing me off, but I think now we're gonna have better a better idea of where these guys are gonna be owned. I like Malik Smith leading offers. For Seattle. He, he seems like a, you know, I talk about guys that have speed. Malik, yeah. he has a decent stick. Uh, you know, the Seattle lineup, I like to some degree tonight. And I assume he's going to be the table setter. So, um, yeah, is, and he's cheap enough. Any interest in Malik's for you? Seems like a cash game play to me. I, I don't really play him very much. Yeah. Um, but I, I, think it, I think it makes a lot of sense for cash. I'm actually surprised to see the projected ownership where it is on him. I think it'll, I think it's easy. The only problem is like, if I don't play 3.8 for him, I'm going to play. 4.1 for Tommy Pham. You know what I mean? It's just, I would much rather play Tommy Pham. <laughs> You're getting a uh, discount. You're getting a Martin Perez discount, which we talked about pre-show, and you, you kind of pointed out, which is sort of weird. That, uh, also, Malik is a lefty. He might not even be, is he, is it, why is he at the top of the, well, yeah. no, Ping is a lefty. It's, it's not Skaggs. Oh, my bad. I got mixed up for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I got my notes. Yeah, earlier today, or at least last night. Cross-noting, I'm cross-noting again. No worries. Uh, wait, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It should be Garcia as the uh, as the opener with Felix. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, no, no, I, I actually made a worse mistake. Malik's used to play. He was on Tampa Bay last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Um, that's what threw me off. So I was thinking uh, about him versus Tommy Pham. And I was like, why are they leading him off in a lefty-lefty matchup? And that was my bad. Um, uh, but Chris Owings, again, you can use him in the outfield as another really, you know, just a, just a super cheap way if you want to spend up at other spots. I really like all the Dodgers. The problem is the guys who are going to stay in are, are these lefties, and I don't think they're going to be as high-owned as they should be. I'm not going to play Chris Taylor, although the price is enough to where you could argue that makes plenty of sense. I just don't, I have other priorities. And then Kike, we mentioned earlier, but, like, he's the obvious chalk everywhere. Like, he's going to be owned by everybody for good reason. Um, I got bad news for you, by the way. According to the chat, it looks like uh, Corey Seager is not playing tonight. I had a feeling that would happen. Damn it. All right. Uh, but, your, but your boy Muncy's batting second. Yeah, I'm in the months. But he's going to get some ownership now. Damn it. I really liked him batting like sixth. But yeah, you, cool. you like him when they're buried uh, in tournaments. I like, yeah, I want like, especially now that it's become a really small slate and it might become even a smaller one. I want him really buried. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and take a peek as far as what's going down as far as our ownership projections. Let's see. The lineup HD, we're firing it up. And again, I, I'm not sure if they've had a time to, to adjust as far as uh, what's going down with that New York game being rained out. I imagine they have. 
but also that's not just ownership projections, but you know, you have uh, the core plays, the cash plays, the tournament plays. Let's take a look and see what they happen to be. Uh, SDL cards, his core plays today happen to be, well, he likes Joey Gallo, he likes Lindor, and there's our boy Malik Smith. How about that? Uh, Notorious, you may know him from such things as winning golf tournaments and all other sports tournaments and writing the, uh, the grind down. His favorite cash game plays. Oh, he's got Gallo as a cash game play. I don't know if I can get there. Love him. Just don't know if I can get there. Uh, Santana, Mazzara, Justin Turner. Uh, a lot of the guys we talked about, Kiki Hernandez, Kyle Seeger. Uh, he said Chris Taylor. That's interesting. And Darno, obviously, as his punt, uh, his punt catcher. Cheese is good. His favorite tournament. Oh, he's got a pretty big tournament pool. Let me see if there's anybody goofy in here that kind of just stands out. He says Josh Bell, and that's probably because of an ownership thing, I presume. Bellinger. No, Bell's a great play. I just like Bellinger better. Uh, oh, Jorge Soler. I like that one, too. He's pretty cheap, and he's in a great ballpark, uh, and his power is immense. Uh, I, I like that call for tournaments. Anybody else here that's kind of goofy? Oh, your boy Vogelbach makes an appearance. You and Cheese are simpatico. I love Vogelbach. I'm, I'm obsessed with Vogelbach tonight. Um, I feel like we're getting a bomb for sure. I really do. Uh, let's one. see. Maybe two. As far as salary relief plays, according to Stevie, uh, a lot of the same plays – yeah, so he's got Jose Ramirez, Odor. I wish he was a little bit higher, but I like Odor a fair bit as well. We didn't mention that Dribble Cabrera, but he's perfectly fine. And there's Kike Hernandez, who's basically, I think he's been in like at least two or three of these lists. Kiki's going to be uh, super, super popular. Uh, the Dodge lineup just cracked. I assume he is leading off. Uh, go ahead and start loading up those questions, by the way. We're going to knock out as many questions as possible. Load them up in the chat if you guys are watching this on YouTube. Feel free to like and subscribe, ask your question. We'll do our best to answer it. Let's see what we have as far as ownership. Uh, I'm sc- what do you think Carrasco's ownership is projected? Have you looked at it yet or, yet or no? 53%. Well, 61%. Uh, I haven't we have Carrasco currently projected. I actually have it on DK right now. We have fantasy draft projections as well, too. Bando also. Uh, 56% for Carrasco. Ugh. That is a big number, but it makes a lot of sense. Oh, my God. Even Ryu is getting all the love, too. And so is Musgrove. Yikes. Well, all that sale percentage had to go somewhere. I know. Uh, we don't even know about Musgrove yet. And he's 26% currently Musgrove, but it's, it could shuffle again if that came, you know, depending on what Ross is, depending on how the weather goes, obviously. Stay tuned on that one. But uh, is anything kind of pop there? But anything kind of stand out for you as far as I mean, Martin Perez at 4%? That's, I, I think that's interesting. I do. I, I hate, I actually, that's my least favorite matchup, but I, yeah, like, it's too low. It's too, I mean, he's been so good. When has he not had a quality start this year? Has he had a, a non-quality start? He's been amazing he's been every really good this year. Surprisingly good. And again, this is a guy we used to pick on all the time. At least I tried to. He wouldn't, he would just, you know, always walk guys and yeah, he'd give up like one bomb or something. And then he'd, yeah. he'd pitch like seven innings and you'd be pissed. Yeah. Um, Andrew Cash, their type. Uh, according to the plate IQ score, Bobby, we have Morton as the top guy just ahead of Carrasco, then Minor, then Ryu. For what it's worth, uh, I don't want to neglect the questions they're kind of like compiling right now in the chat. Let, let's jump over to hitters and see if anything kind of jumps as this far is, as I do. I want to note Carrasco has of the of the guys uh, between him and Ryu and Morton, probably barely the slightly the worst hit, uh, pitchers umpire. Not not like a huge match uh, stretch. And I know you only like it when it's extreme, but a small slate we can you know if you're looking for reasons to justify taking a guy like Morton over Carrasco, one third the ownership, sl- uh, better. Uh, Hitters, um, pitchers umpire for Morton. That's probably enough to like do it when they're that this close in price for me, like just to take a shot, you know, maybe even less than one third of the ownership. If it's going to be too high owned on Carrasco, like I love him. I still think I'm going to end up with more than 50%, but if it like, it just feels. So is the field by the way. <laughs> oh, I know. I just feel, I hate when I'm with the field. Maybe I just have to be with the field on this and just move on. Uh, for what it's worth, Musgrove, that game goes, he has an extreme pitchers umpire, which is definitely worth noting. Uh, all right, as far as hitters, as far as ownership today, you mentioned it, Darno. <laughs> it's just wild how DFS works. Darno right now is the highest projected uh, hitter uh, on DK, and it's it's not because he's great. It's because he's a catcher. All catchers think he's cheap, and he's batting in a pretty positive spot in the order. We talked about Lindor being popular. There he is, Kiki Hernandez, who was, you know, popping as far as the four plays, uh, just coming in at just under 30%. Ramirez as well, too. Any of these guys you're taking a stand on? You mentioned Mazzara. He's pretty popular. Modesty. That seems a little high in Modesty for me. I don't think I can get there. I like him, uh, but that's kind of a surprisingly high number for me. Uh, yes, Verdugo. I didn't realize Verdugo was in the lineup, by the way. Uh-oh. I love Verdugo now. 
Oh, I think we're hearing this. Oh, no, Leprechaun. I love Turn. That means Jose Ramirez ownership is going to explode. That's good. That's going to that's going to change. It'll be higher than twenty eight percent. I know it sucks because I have like exclusive almost all Jose Ramirez, but you're right. Um, He's going to be crazy popular. Oh, but we got now. I mean, this Dodger lineup is kind of fun. Like this is, yeah, I like this. I'm trying to see a refreshing now. Definitely not what I thought it was going to be, but I like. I think that these guys are going to have less ownership because of it. So. You're going to get low owned, lower than should be. Muncie probably around 10. You're going to get Bellinger probably 15 to 20. I think that people catch on that he's still a elite play, maybe even higher. Um, and I think Verdugo is going to be completely unowned. So Taylor, all this is- Muncie, Freeze, Bellinger, Kiki. Oh, Kiki's not leading off. He's batting fifth. I don't like that. Verdugo. Better. 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 Well, he might lose his fourth or fifth at bat. I, I want those at bats. They're, they're precious. <laughs> And Beatty's only going to get one, like one. What are you talking about? Have you watched the Dodgers play? <laughs> like, do you know what your kind of team you're talking no, about? They're only, they might, they're probably only going to play eight innings as far as hitting. Yeah. And they only played. So what? So they score, they'll score their nine runs in the, in those eight innings. It doesn't matter when you score nine or 10 runs. Um, all right. Let's knock out some questions from the chat. See what we have here. Uh, they're, they're talking about Taylor leading off. All right. Uh, I'm scrolling yeah, up. Some uh, who do you like Perez or Morton? I think I like I like Morton better, but I think Perez's ownership makes him really interesting on small slate. So I, I think I would if I was if I was just playing like a couple like three lineups, I think I would prefer like I'd probably have one of each, but I think I like the Perez. I think I like Perez a little bit more than Morton. Uh Russell Martin, the catcher, like I I can't he's I can't justify that. There's he once upon a time he was good, but now he's like a good like never he's always been like a decent, like real life catcher, like catcher, like just a solid, okay, what not a guy I'm playing. He's a good clubhouse guy, probably. Uh, this yeah. is just a general question. How worried are you about ballpark factors this season with the juiced balls? Uh, like, like should, should they not matter quite as much? I think that they do matter slightly less than they used to. I have to say, like, you're seeing balls, like, hit out of in games where that you, you – we've had a lot of home runs in some of these games that have been terrible, like, hitting hitting conditions. And partly I do think that it is these balls being – you know, they are tighter, man. There's something going on because they jump so much faster than they ever have. Um, so I do think it maybe negates it a tiny bit, but I don't think, I think it's still, I think still weather is like one of the absolute most important things in baseball. Uh, how do you feel about Puelo after his, after his big debut? I mean, that was his, it was his debut at 28 years old for what it's worth. So this, I mean, I, how do I feel about who? Puelo, Cesar, Cesar Puelo for the, uh, oh, Puelo, 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 yeah. I didn't know uh, that was his debut. I thought he played before. Uh, yeah, I guess he has. I just put up the before, I swear. Well, he's had seven appearances in the season for what it's worth. So there you go. He's got okay. a homer. Uh, I don't know what his debut was. Uh, I guess it wasn't too long ago. Uh, as, got, as far as a zip projection, like in, in 200 bats, they have him for four homers and four stolen bases. So I guess a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. I mean, I'm not looking at Puelo unless he's super cheap and I miss if he got fantastic punts or is his price standing out? His price is cheap, but like, it, I mean, no, I'm not going to play him. Uh, anyone like a White Sox stack contrarian? We talked about it. I think you can play a couple guys in there. I don't. I don't think I would fully go White Sox. Right. Uh, but I like. I can make a two or three man or something like that, or a one off. I don't hate. Yeah. Is that what you're at to? Absolutely. Uh, Fanduel Cash, Kike and Gamble versus Odor and Luplo. Uh, Odor man, and Luplo. I agree uh, because the Lu- Luplo is so much better than Gamble in my opinion. Yeah, I actually don't even think Gamble is as bad as you do necessarily, but like. For tournaments, especially the second one, but definitely, I think for both is the second one, but I think it's definitely for tournaments, the second one. Yeah. Uh, and Luplo, is a great, Luplo is in a great spot. I hate, I wish this game had a little better hitting conditions. I actually want to read more about it after we, we get off air because I like Cleveland, everybody's going to love them. And I, I don't know, I'm looking for a reason to get off it, but I do think Leplo is one of the priority guys. All right. Well, I'm pulling up Ross uh, Weather Edge. And you're, which game are you talking about as far as the weather? You want to talk about Cleveland? Cleveland White Sox, yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing too drastic here based upon 95 games that have similar weather conditions, minus 5.4% as far as homers. Because I wanted, I wanted a bump. You know what I'm saying? I wanted wanted a bump today, like, of every, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's warm everywhere else. Mm -hmm. It feels weird. But at the same time, it was, what was the weather yesterday? Like, they still scored a million runs. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking like a slight, you know, minus 5% as far as runs as well, too. So, it's not optimal hitting conditions for what it's worth, but it's like not a huge number, but it's something. It's not nothing. You're taking those numbers to, into an already pitcher's park. You know what yeah. I mean? How do we feel about Chu? I like Chu. If you could, if you could afford it, it's just the price. 
but I'm not definitely not going to discourage that, and I want to get him in my lineup as much as possible. Uh, Gallo for so I think Chu is a better cash game play than Gallo. That's my take. I know that might be wrong to most people, but you have a guy who's going to at least give you something more often than Gallo is going to because of the strikeout, the insane strikeout numbers. Yeah, I, I'm fine playing Gallo for cash on certain days. I just don't know if I can get there because of salary reasons. Uh, they're asking about it right now as far as Gallo for cash. If you like the rest of your lineup and you have the money for Gallo, I'm not discouraging it. I think you can play him today. What are your thoughts? I, mean, you I, mean, I, I would I would I would I prefer Chu and Cash personally. That's just my personal take, but I would prefer Bellinger over both of them. And Kardashian or Santana and Cash. I think it's Santana. I like them both though. It's Santana. Uh that's where I'm at. Uh Muncie and Owens. Um oh wait a second. Actually Owens. So it's Muncie versus Mazzara. Well, Muncie's the tournament play. Mazzara is the cash game play, the cashy play, which is funny because I think Muncie's the better play of the two. <laughs> Um, with him batting second now and with probably unlikely to leave this game. Um, How concerned are you about Chris Taylor, uh, this chance of getting the hook? He's leading off, obviously. This there's weird. no Jock Peterson. There, there's no Turner. Uh, there's no Seager. There, this is not going to be the guys that finish the game. It's pro- Turner, uh, Taylor is a very likely candidate to get the hook at some point, along with Beattie. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that they're going to like just – but I don't think they're going to like play Turner like four in. Like he's not that kind of a guy. Like maybe they'd pinch hit him late if the game was close. I don't see that coming up. So I don't feel like – I feel like him being out doesn't actually – I actually might even help these guys, to be honest with you. Well, I don't know if it'll help him, but it's not going to hurt him as much as you might think. Um, I don't see this – How do you handle I this game was going to be close. But that the game was going to be close, it'd be an issue. It's not going to be close. I'm going to uh, play Yelich against Yelich against Musgrove. I'll say the same thing I said about the Grand Doll. Like this is a terrible spot for Lefty Power awful ballpark of lefty power and Musgrove doesn't give up home runs like he's but like you know nobody's gonna play him so and like Yelich absolutely can bang one out it wouldn't surprise us but and it's you can find you can get Yelich at super low ownership on a five on a six game slate so that that's that's the best argument yeah I agree he's a top 10 hitter in baseball like you you, you want to try and get it, it makes sense to try and get him out I'd rather play trout we got to step aside and make way for crunch time crunch time of course you're going to want to stay tuned because not, not only do you get the one tunnel to answer all your questions, you get Roth to tell us what's going down as far as the weather uh, and clear things as far as Pittsburgh and anywhere, anywhere else where things are lurking. Bobby, before we step aside and leave, give me something good. Close with something strong. You can talk basketball, you can talk baseball, whatever you want for, for us. I'm going to tell you right now, this Dodgers stack, I like these lefties. Um, I play these Dodgers lefties and have no problem with it. That's going to I mean, win everything. I'm, I'm sorry Seager's not in the lineup, but there's plenty of other guys here. We can take attack Muncie, Verdugo, Bellinger. I think that you play those guys. And then I like the bottom of the Texas lineup. Um, I think that's going to be the lower ownership. So that's what you do for tournaments. And, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, good luck to everyone out there. Good to be on a show with you again. Likewise. Everything we said about uh, Taylor, you can say about threes as well, too. And, if the chat's talking about David Freeze and his BBP, that's how we're going to close. We're going to close strong. Freeze is eight for 14 in his career versus Vargas with three homers for what it's worth. But again, he's another one of those candidates that might get the hook. But of course, if he does it this first at bat, who cares? Uh, yeah, that just makes it's a bit of a quandary there as far as the Dodgers. But uh, it definitely makes sense to get yourself some shares with Bobby as well. He's Bobby. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball tonight. Stay tuned for Crunch Time. We're out of here. Holler. Mm-hmm.